Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The following podcast contains dramatizations of actual events. Certain situations, dialogue, names, and locations may have been changed. Some scenes are graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Identical twins Reg and Ron Cray grew up on the mean streets of East London and had to rely on their fists just to survive. Ronnie and Reggie would fight like mad. Over time, the Cray twins built a reputation as identical enforcers of the London underground. Suddenly you had celebrity gangsters. It's something that had only ever happened in America. They were the kings of London. Nobody stood in their way. But one of these gangster twins hides a deep secret. He liked boys, but in those days, homosexuality was well kept under the table. And he's possessed by powerful demons. He was spinning completely out of control. Demons that would ultimately destroy them both. They were two people with one murderous impulse. Had they not been twins, perhaps they never would have committed such evil acts. London in the 1960s is swinging. It is perhaps the most exciting city in the world. London in the 60s was the, the center of the world. It was the time of the British invasion. We had the, the miniskirt, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones. But this glamorous city also has a dark side of extortion and violence. And it's run by two identical twins, Reggie and Ronnie Cray. The Crays controlled the underworld in London. There was nobody prepared to challenge them. Do you understand? 
they were ruthless. They knew that their name struck fear. People were afraid to speak up because they knew if they did, they would be either striped or killed. And one fateful night, the Cray twins would prove just how ruthless they could be. The Cray twins have gathered for a small party with members of their gang, known as The Firm. They went to this house in Evering Road in Stoke Newington. But Reg and Ron aren't here to party. They've got a score to settle. Jack the Hat was invited to a party. Jack was a member of the firm. Not a very reliable one, it has to be said. Jack the Hat McVitie worked as an enforcer. He was on the outs with the Cray twins because he'd messed up several jobs because of drinking and drugs. He was endangering the twins' criminal empire. So in their minds, something had to be done about this. Shortly after midnight, Jack the Hat McVitie arrives at the party to find his twin bosses, Ron and Reg Cray, already waiting for him. He's oblivious to the trap he's just walked into. Reggie! Hey, Reggie! Reggie pulls a gun out, fires it at McVitie. But the gun don't work. There's a rough and tumble. McVitie tries to escape. He made a run for a window. Then Reggie dragged him back. It was a struggle. It became violent. Ron eventually gains the upper hand. Someone handed Reg a carving knife. Ron was screaming at Reggie to kill McVitie. He was screaming, well, do it, do it, kill him. And Reg finally snaps. Ronnie was holding Jack, arms behind his back. Reggie was plunging him with a knife. Kill him, Reg, kill him. Go on. Reggie continued to stab him. Over 20 times. Come on, get him. The stabbing comes to a bloody end as both Cray twins stand over the butchered body of Jack McVitie. Reggie butchered him with a knife. It was a hideous mess. The Cray twins have always had blood on their hands, but this is the first time they've ever killed together. Identical twins, Ronald and Reginald Cray, were born just 10 minutes apart. The Cray twins were born on the 24th of October, 1933. Reggie was first. They were born into a very poor area in the East End of London. The East End of London was notorious because of prostitutes, crime, thieving, you name it. The novelty of identical twins was a ray of sunshine in this shady London neighborhood. When Mrs. Cray had the twins, she was so proud. They were absolutely identical. Jet, jet black hair, dark, dark eyes. They were celebrities. I think that's where the craving for attention, which the Crays always had, I think that's where it developed right at the start. But tragedy struck these twin brothers at a tender young age. At age three, the twins contracted something called diphtheria, which at the time was quite a severe illness. And they were both in hospital for a considerable amount of time. 
But Ronnie was more seriously ill than Reggie. Little Ronnie Cray was on the verge of death for months. He eventually recovered, but was never the same. I think it affected some parts of his brain. Ronnie was always slower after the diphtheria, whereas Reggie was fine and very fit. From that point on, Ronnie was not really up to par with his twin, which is probably why Reggie always felt more protective to Ronnie. As they grew, Ronnie sensed he was different from his stronger twin. Ron probably felt as if he was almost, you know, second best to Reg. There was tremendous competition between them. As small boys, Ronnie and Reggie would fight like mad. The fights would be very intense, they'd be very violent, but at the same time, they had this bond. And 10 minutes later, there would be no problem. Everything would go on as before. These sibling bouts prepared the Cray twins for the mean streets of East London. Well, I think the twins became violent because they had to survive in the East End, which was a very dangerous place, and you used your fists to make it through. And as streetwise teenagers, the Crays developed fearsome reputations. They were known in the East End as the fighting Crays. They had a thirst for fighting. You wasn't fighting one person, you was fighting the two of them. If you had to take them out, you'd have to take them out together. They had Bethel Green! But the Cray twins wanted more than to be feared. They dreamed of fighting their way to the big time. Boxing in the East End was the way out of poverty and squalor. There weren't many career options. You could either be a thief or a criminal, or you could box. Their grandfather, Cannonball Lee, introduced them to the boxing. It was natural for them to fall, to fall into that, that area, you know. Both of the Crays showed promise, but it was the smarter, swifter twin, Reg, who had the makings of a champion. He was a bruiser, wasn't he? But Reggie was a more classy fighter. Reg was the artist, if you like, the, the pugilist who had potential to be British champion, if not world champion. Reggie Cray is about to get the chance of a lifetime. At 18 years of age, the Cray twins are featured on the same bill at a professional boxing championship. Ronnie and Reggie found themselves boxing competitively in London's Royal Albert Hall. This was their big chance to break free of the East End, to be somebody's other than just the twins. And the outcome of their matches reflects the twins' different personalities. Ronnie was disqualified for not obeying rules, but Reggie won the fight. Once again, it was Reg Cray who emerged as the top twin. Reg had come out with all the plaudits, probably something that irked Ronnie a little bit. Reg was well on his way to becoming a national boxing champion. This was a chance for Reg to make something of himself, to get away from, from the usual uh, career path in the East End of villainy. Reggie had everything. You know, the integrity and the dedication 
the aim, the stance, but that was taken away from him. Just a few weeks after Reg's victorious night, the Cray twins were arrested following a neighborhood brawl. They were both convicted of this offense and, and Reg received a criminal record. And because of this, he had his license revoked by the boxing authorities. He couldn't box again. Now for the twins, the only path to greatness is a life of crime. At the end of the day, what was left, there was thieving. And that was the same for them. They chose the criminal path because, above all, they wanted to be known and they wanted people to respect them and they wanted fame in itself. The fighting craze will combine their toughness to rule the East End streets together. Ronnie Cray wanted quick money, quick fame. Reggie could have become professional and maybe not be sucked into this world of crime, but Ronnie had that influence. You're with me, we're one, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to be the bosses of the new underworld. Their uncommon bond will bring the Cray twins to incredible highs. They was courted by all showbiz people. They met everybody, Judy Garland, Joe Louis, and they all seemed to want to meet the twins, you know, they become real celebrities. They were the kings of London. Nobody stood in their way. But these kings of London will also sink to unthinkable lows. You only had to look the wrong way. He's cut people's faces, cut people's hands, arms. He really was quite perverted and very sadistic. No, I wouldn't. No, God, no, stop. Identical twins Reggie and Ronnie Cray fought to survive on the tough streets of East End London. Violence was a way of life in the East End, and that was the world that Reggie and Ronnie came into. Having failed as prizefighters, the twins returned to the streets looking for fame and fortune. The Crays, like many other East End boys, saw their only future as entering crime. A physically intimidating pair, the Cray brothers use violence and coercion to make a profit. Reggie and Ronald Cray went into a protection racket, which meant that they were paid by local pubs and other businesses for a peaceful existence, so there would be no trouble. The Cray twins muscle their way into money laundering, theft, and extortion. They were bullies, in essence. You know, they, they used their physical violence to take over that little patch of London. That was how the craze started off. And that is how they became able to, to develop their wealth and develop their empire. The twins form a devoted gang of criminal associates known as The Firm. To have protection, you've got to have a gang, a firm. So when people heard this, they'd want to be with the twins. Six becomes eight becomes 10, becomes 20. And that's how this firm grew. Word travels quickly, and soon everyone knows that if you want to do business in East London, you deal with Ron and Reg Cray. They started to make headlines uh, in, in the criminal circles. People started to hear about the Crays getting a deal done. 
If the Crays knew that you had just got a business deal that was crooked and they got to hear about it, they wanted some of it. But when it comes to murder for hire, these twin gangsters never get their hands dirty. People used to go to them and say, we've got some business and work to be done. Can you, can you handle it? And they'd say, yeah, we can handle it, but they couldn't handle anything. So they used to come to me and I used to handle it for them. And as the money pours in, the fighting craze transform into charismatic gangster twins who always dress the part. They were very keen on American gangsters because they were heavily influenced by the movies. They would dress in the style of Al Capone and they knew that through image they could draw people around them. And as they've known since they were children, when you multiply things by two, you have twice the effect. The twins realized how powerful it was to have a twin with them. It made them stand out, it made them unique, dressing the same, making sure their hair was combed the same. But the Cray twins were identical in looks only. They were completely different personalities. Reggie, he had more charm. You could talk to him. Reg was essentially the businessman, the thinker, somebody who was constantly looking to better himself. Reg runs cool, while Ron burns white hot. He was a Jekyll and Hyde character. At one time, he could be sort of the life and soul of the party, and the next minute, that kind of dark figure. And Ron Cray could be extremely violent. You only had to look the wrong way. He's cut people's faces, cut people's hands, arms, just for that wrong look. He really was quite perverted and very sadistic. So Reggie works hard to keep his younger brother's violent temper under wraps. Reggie, he was the pacifier to the other one, the calm influence. Reg almost felt that it was just his job in life to, to look after Ron. That's part and parcel of, of, of being a twin. But Reg works even harder to protect the firm from Ronnie's big secret. Ronnie never had any girlfriends. He liked boys, but of course it was never mentioned. In those days, homosexuality was well kept under the, the table. They didn't want people to know because they would have been open to ridicule. It was all done undercover, you know. Reggie was a businessman and he was always concerned that Ronnie's unpredictable violence and homosexuality could be a threat to their business. Eventually, Ron's violent nature catches up with him. Ron was convicted of assaulting a guy in a pretty vicious fight where he stabbed him with a bayonet, and he received a three-year jail sentence for that. And for the first time in their lives, the Cray twins are separated. It turned out to be a pivotal moment in their lives. Ronnie was not in a good frame of mind. He deteriorated considerably. He hated prison. Prison wasn't for Ronnie Cray. Back in London, Reg continues to expand the Cray financial empire without his twin brother. 
Reg obviously used that time well. He went on to develop the business. He opened a nightclub uh, called the Double R in tribute to his brother. Everything had calmed down. There was no fights. Everything was going smoothly and they were earning money. And all this was being fed back to Ron and he hated it. He absolutely hated it because he wanted to be there. After two years in prison, Ronnie's mental condition takes a dramatic turn for the worse. Doctors diagnose him as schizophrenic. His madness had taken a, a whole different shape, having hallucinations, having flashbacks. He, he just basically couldn't cope with prison life. It ended with the doctors certifying him as insane. Ronnie Cray is institutionalized at Long Grove Mental Hospital. In the mental asylum, Ronnie was given powerful drugs which helped to stabilize his violent moods. But even though the drugs calmed Ronnie down, he was desperate to get out. Ron was getting frustrated about being in there, and upset that he was away from his family. You know, he wanted to be free man again. He wanted to be back in civilization. Reg Cray can't bear to see his twin suffer, so he decides to take action. The only thing that really the Crays could do, the only option they had, was to, to try and get Ron out of Long Grove Mental Institution. Reg will soon come up with a breathtaking plan. It's one of those great Cray stories. They, they had the gumption for anything. A plan so clever that only identical twins could ever pull it off. It was so outrageous you'd only read about it in a crime novel. But someone will threaten to tear the twins apart for good. That's when it started to crumble. I think Ronnie thought, this is it. My empire is crumbling because of this girl. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. 
Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat, and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. As Reg Cray builds a criminal empire on the streets of London, his identical brother Ron languishes in a mental asylum. Reggie could function without Ronnie, but not the other way around. But Reg may have just found a way to spring his twin from incarceration. It's visitor's day at Longgrove Mental Hospital. Reg arrived at Longgrove Hospital with a couple of members of the firm just in time for afternoon tea with Ronnie. Reg and Ron both dressed similarly for a visit. At this time, they were both very, very identical. And the Cray twins move forward with their daring plan. They were both dressed in the same blue shirt and red tie, but Reggie has a coat on. And while they're talking, drinking tea and shooting the breeze, Reg craftily gives Ronnie his coat. They managed to swap seats without the nurses noticing. It was then that Ron Cray got up and and asked if he could go to the toilet, which of course was outside the secure gates. The the staff, unknown to them, didn't realise that this was, was Ron Cray. 20 minutes pass before the nurse realises something's wrong, very wrong. Ron then never came back. And that's Reggie sitting there in, instead of Ronnie, you know. <laughs> when approached by the nurse, Reggie reveals that he's not Ronnie Cray. So Reggie produces his driving license to show that he's Reggie and not Ronnie. The nurse immediately sounds the alarm, but it's too late. Once they realized that the wrong twin had left the premises, they started a manhunt for Ronnie. By this time, Ron was back into the, the heart of the East End and, and, and safely under wraps. So the Crays got away with it. They'd managed to spring Ron from the mental institution. Reggie's daring escape plan works perfectly. Reggie then found a doctor that was willing to declare his brother Ron sane. And then if he went back to prison, it was just a short time where he could be released. Now back at each other's side, the Cray twins plan to rule the London underworld together. Once again reunited, Reggie and Ronnie Cray are determined to expand their criminal empire across London. They move their network from the rough East End to the upscale West End. 
This opened up a whole new world they realised that there was an opportunity for them to make even more money. The West End was very prosperous. It had fabulous hotels. It had fabulous clubs. The West End was where all the glamorous people went. So knowing this, the twins thought this is our next step. They found this club called Esmeralda's Barn, which they opened. With the opening of their new gambling club, the Cray Twins continued to follow the path of American gangsters, mixing showbiz with organized crime. They was courted by all showbiz people. They met everybody, Judy Garland, and I met Joe Louis with them, and uh, George Raft, and they all seemed to uh, want to meet the twins, you know, they become real celebrities. And they're courting it, they're loving it, having their photograph taken with this person, with that person. Fame and fortune allows Ron Cray to indulge his passions. He could be much more open about his sexuality. He now became openly homosexual, which kind of coincided with the sexual revolution that was starting to emerge in the 60s in the UK. Confident in his position as part of London's most notorious gangster duo, Ron feels invincible. But a scandal emerges that threatens to destroy everything the Crays have built. The summer of 1964, a scandalous story breaks out in the Sunday Mirror newspaper about Ron Cray and a member of Parliament, Lord Boothby. Lord Boothby was a very famous and very influential politician of the times. Ronnie was organising parties. Boothby would go to these parties, which were exclusively for gay men. To have a politician directly involved with someone like the craze was really, it was a massive story. But political pressure forces the Sunday Mirror to retract its story. The authorities declined to expose it or allow the police to do anything about it because it would have damaged the ruling party's chances of being re-elected. And so Lord Boothby denies the story and the scandal is covered up. Well, the Sunday Mirror was forced to print an apology and pay Lord Boothby £40,000, which is a huge amount of money in those days. Ironically, the scandal that could have destroyed the Cray twins now emboldens them. Suddenly newspapers refused to have anything to do with the Crays, and Scotland Yard dropped all its investigations into the Cray criminal activities. It, it gave the Crays a, a feeling, and especially Ronnie Cray, a feeling of, of being untouchable. And as Ron leads the life of a swinging bachelor, Reg finds true love. Reggie had different girlfriends, but he'd never been really serious about anybody until he met Francis. Reggie begins to court Francis Shea, a local East End beauty. She was young, she was 18, just going on 19. Absolutely gorgeous looking. 
Reggie was determined that this was the girl for him. And he absolutely fell head over heels in love with her. In February 1965, Reg announces their engagement. Francis was his fantasy. He was going to actually have this other world, away from the crime, away from the clubs, away from the violence, where he could lead a normal life. But identical twin Ron refuses to let a woman come between them. Ronnie does not want Reggie to have a normal life. He becomes jealous of Francis, has taken away his other half. They had a lot of arguments at this time in their lives because Ronnie didn't want Reggie with Francis and he'd say, what do you want to get married for? We're all right how we are. Everything's OK, I'm telling you, I'm all right. Everything's and fine. one night, Ron's jealousy reaches a boiling point. Do whatever I want. Well, there was a terrible fight between the two of them. It was about Francis and it got very, very bloody. They were really bashing hell out of each other. And in the end, they were pulled apart. Ronnie announced that he'd had enough and he was walking away from both of them. He didn't want to know anything about them ever again. The once inseparable Cray twins have been torn apart. That was actually the first time there had been such a major rift between Ronnie and Reggie. And without his twin Reg by his side, Ron is about to be pushed over the edge. It was almost a case of the madness finally finding its time to strike. He's a ticking time bomb waiting to go off. Together, identical twins Reggie and Ronnie Cray have fought their way up to become the gangster kings of London. Throughout their life, they weren't really two separate people. They were one. But a woman has come between them, and the volatile Ronnie takes a terrible turn for the worse. Reggie Cray weds his sweetheart, Frances Shea, on the 20th of April, 1965. But the fairy tale marriage doesn't last long. They moved into a flat underneath Ronnie, which was not good news for Frances. The marriage wasn't as marriage should be. Come on, Reg. And Reggie was out most nights with Ronnie. Despite being a married man, Reg can't pull himself away from his twin brother. Let's go. Reggie, he was spending less and less time with her and more with Ronnie because that's what Ronnie demanded. And I, I think that she just became overwhelmed. Frances resents Ron's power over Reg, but there's little she can do. Frances thought that Ronnie was a terrible influence on Reggie. She was terrified of him, she was frightened of him. I think she felt her life with Reggie slipping away. Things took a turn for the worse for Frances because Ronnie would do things to upset her and she became quite 
unbalanced. And within a matter of months, Frances had moved back into her parents' home. Once again, Ron has his twin all to himself, but things are only going to get worse for Reg. Despite having Reg back at his side, Ronnie Cray continues to battle his personal demons. He was falling deeper and deeper into madness and paranoia. He saw a clairvoyant who told him he was destined for greatness through violence. He'd be polishing guns, polishing the machete, saying what he was going to do with it. Ronnie's delusions about what he could do and what he could get away with were spinning completely out of control. Ron starts to hear voices telling him to kill, and his dark fantasies slowly become reality. Ronnie is getting more and more consumed with his obsessions about killing. He's got to kill somebody to prove that he's a real gangster, because you can't be a number one gangster without killing someone. Ronnie had a death list of people he wanted to iron out to kill, you know. Ron focuses his violent fantasies on the people he believes are out to get him. There was always a rivalry with a Richardson gang over in South London. They was moving in on different parts of the West End. And in a London pub one night, a member of the Richardson gang is overheard ridiculing Ron's sexuality. <laughs> He's just a fat puff. George Cornell was heard saying, where's the fat puff? Puff being a word in our dialect that means homosexual. When news of the gay slur reaches Ron Cray, he finally snaps. Ron suddenly decided that, you know, revenge needed to be exacted and, and sooner rather than later. It was almost a case of the madness finally finding its time to strike. Ron received a phone call from one of his spies to say that George Cornell was, was drinking with somebody in the Blind Beggar pub. Ronnie packs his 9mm Mauser revolver and heads over to the blind beggar. Ronnie Cray walked in. George Cornell was sitting at the ball. And then Cornell turns around and says, Hey, look who this is. Look who's here. Ron draws his weapon and points it at George Cornell. Instead of Ronnie firing one over Cornell's shoulder, Ronnie fires right into Cornell's brain. <laughs> he just walked out the pub and nobody did nothing. Ronnie has committed his ultimate crime, his dream of murder. And off he goes into the night. Ronnie Cray has finally answered the voices in his head and committed murder. He killed a man in full view of the East End of London. He'd earned his stripe as a number one gangster. And now that Ron has earned his stripes, he won't be satisfied until his identical twin earns them too. He's thinking in his head, I've done mine, 
Now it's Reggie's turn. Kill him, Reg! Kill him! Go on! Ron Cray has just murdered someone in cold blood. Having carried out the ultimate crime and, and not being arrested for it gave Ron Cray this untouchability factor. He was the untouchable king of London and certainly fueled the fires of his delusions of grandeur. As his madness grows, Brother Reg knows that Ron's volatile behavior could destroy everything they've built. Ronnie was becoming an increasingly bigger burden to Reggie. Ronnie's madness and paranoia always threatened to bring their criminal empire down. The death of Cornell became the, the panic, if you like, amongst the firm. People started to reconsider their part in, in the Cray story and, and, and whether it's safe to be working with these people. And a lot of people who were associated with the Crays at that time started to distance themselves. It made everybody more nervous. What was he going to do next? As his twin brother descends deeper into madness, Reg Cray's estranged wife, Frances, shares an eerily identical experience. Frances was increasingly, increasingly getting worse. She was taking drugs, tranquilizers. She wound up in a mental institution because she tried to commit suicide. Reg reaches out to Francis, but it's too little, too late. Francis was found dead from an overdose of sleeping pills. Reg is absolutely devastated. Francis, the love of his life, was gone. Reg is consumed with grief. He drank and drank and drank. He was in a terrible, terrible state. No one could um, go near him or say the wrong thing because he was just like a loose cannon. Reg Cray's volatile behaviour starts to mirror that of his identical twin, Ronnie. That sent Reg into a spiral and depression which he never got out of. He was having fights and having arguments. Reg was starting to act irrationally and, and almost mimic the behaviour uh, of his brother which made them you know, doubly dangerous. Unbalanced and bloodthirsty, Ron begins to taunt his twin brother. They were two people with one murderous impulse, as far as Ronnie was concerned. And he pushed and pushed and pushed because he felt that his twin had to kill to cement their bond. He would say, well, now it's your turn, Reggie. I've committed my murder. You know, well, well, when are you going to do your one? It's, it's, it's sick, really. <laughs> Everything's OK, I'm telling you. A party is organised by the Crays in an apartment in North London. Jack the Hat McVitie, a disgraced Cray associate, has been lured there. They paid Jack the Hat to do a contract killing, and when he hadn't done it, Ronnie was furious and told Reggie they had to do something about it. It's the perfect opportunity for Reg to pull even with Ron. Jack the Hat was brought in by a couple of the firm members into a room where, where Ron and Reg were sitting. Where's the party? Ronnie Cray handed Reggie the gun, and the screaming was... Well, do it, do it. I've done mine, do yours. 
kill him, shoot him. And just like his brother before him, Reg Cray finally snaps. Reggie, I, Reggie, what are you... Reggie pulls a gun out, fires it at McVie. But the gun don't work. There's a rough and tumble. McVitie tries to escape. Reg is handed a carving knife and he plunges it into Jack the Hat's throat. He continued to stab him on the floor. He was practically pinned to the floor, you know, bones and grizzle and blood was everywhere. This can't be real. They're lying in the middle of the room is Jack the Hat. I cannot comprehend the fact that they've killed him. You, you, don't, you just don't do it in front of that many people. So now the twins, Ronnie and Reggie, have actually both committed a murder and they have cemented their bond, fulfilled their bond as twins in blood. Scotland Yard has spent months putting a case together against the Cray twins to tie them to the murders of George Cornell and Jack McVitie. A group of detectives were working, collating information and meeting with different underworld characters and kind of building a picture. After nine months of investigation, police finally arrest Reg and Ron Cray on May 8, 1968. 24 associates are also arrested. Well, firm members were, were really starting to think, you know, very carefully about, you know, themselves. And slowly but surely, uh, various members of the firm started to cut their own deals to save their own skins. This was like a house of cards, one by one. Members of the firm started talking to the police and giving them details about the crazed businesses and the two murders. The police try everything in their power to get me to go against the craze. But I'm steeped in East End history. It cost me my wife and my daughter to keep my mouth shut about the craze. It's the beginning of the end. The craze and members of the firm appear for trial at the Old Bailey Courthouse. It was one of the longest trials in British criminal history. But these gangsters know the verdicts of foregone conclusion. We all went down. My brother Tony, 15 years. Me, 15 years. Freddie Foreman, 10. The court saves the harshest punishment for the Cray twins. Ronnie and Reggie were given life sentences, minimum 30 years. Now, for the first time in their lives, they were to be separated permanently. For the Cray twins, it's a fate worse than death. At 34 years of age, much of their adult life had been spent in crime, immersed in violence and intimidation, but they'd done it together. They were as one. The twin thing was obviously something which was always going to play its part and, you know, ultimately their lives were mapped out for them. It's a path that led to murder. Ronnie and Reggie Cray spent the rest of their lives in prison and passed into history as the notorious gangster twins of swinging London. The Crays hold a special place in 
British folklore as the most famous gangsters that Britain ever produced. Individually, they probably wouldn't have been anything, but together as twins, they ruled London. They'd love to look back now, I think, from wherever they are and know that they've become what we call their myths, aren't they? People will always film, always talk about them, always write about them. Ultimately, the careers were a unique set of twins and nobody will ever come again like them. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.